a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the Glendale Supercross wrap-up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Foxhead.com. Go there to get your latest and greatest Fox Racing gear. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon wearing Fox, the global innovation in motocross racewear. The global innovation leader in motocross racewear, I should say. Flex Air out now. Of course, some of the... Uh, some of the limited edition uh, boots are out too, Instinct Boot, and uh, we thank Fox Racing for coming on board. We appreciate it. Like I said, this is Racer X Online. This is the Glendale Supercross Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, former top privateer, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, two-time German Supercross champion, the winner of many LCQs, the great Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? What's going on? How's things at Fly Racing? Oh, it's good. Monday. So I think everybody's in uh, Super Bowl um, hangover mode. Well, not necessarily hangover mode, but just uh, trying to get back focused here after Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah Super Bowl. Uh, also on the line, uh, he's a Carolina Panthers fan. He's uh, crushed, no doubt. He's living in Charlotte. My boss, the RaceRx Online Editor, Jason Wygant. Yeah, go New York Giants. Back on the bandwagon. Sorry about your, <laughs> sorry about your Panthers, bro. Uh, not anymore. They were just, uh, I just happened to live here. I, I um, never had a rooting interest. Nope. I'm the Giants fan all the way through and through. I like that. I like that move. I don't know why they don't. Um, I don't know why. The team move is strong. You guys, I really recommend it. I feel bad for you guys you don't have a Vegas team. Then you could the Raiders and local team, and then you got two shots. Yeah. At you're, you're breaking up a little bit. Move around or something. You didn't pay your phone bill again, as usual. It's landline. I don't know what to you. Well, it's breaking up. I'm telling you. It's a great pod here, JT. That's it's J- probably because weed uses like one of those janky like internet phone things. Probably. Yeah. There's no but way yeah. he actually spends money like on a nice decent on a nice it's court. Not no. as it was. Yeah, I, I did cut the. Uh, I, I had a straight up land now. It's uh, probably. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's five minutes of trying to get Weege's phone to work. We're back. Um, unfortunately for you, Wygant, your reputation of you know, being a little frugal catches up to you because none of us believe that you actually have a good phone or pay for good service or anything. And maybe you do. But no, I, did, I absolutely cut the uh, cut the budget and cut the technology. It is worse than it was. But, like, it should not drift. It should be what it is. It's not a cell phone. So it shouldn't go from, like, one day good to, like, one day bad. Like, Well, that was horrible. Sitting here. Okay. I don't understand. I, what I don't understand is... There are no variables. There's nothing I can change. There's nothing that should change one day to another. Well, I hope one day you're not getting a, a, a very urgent emergency call on, on a landline because it's not going to work. Like, yeah, like, you remember remember those old things about, like, killers living in the basement and they're calling you from the basement and then you've got to call 911, that old that old urban myth? Well, you're not going to be able to do that. 911's not going to be the here. killer days, it is a tough case to be a killer because you used to be able to just cut the phone line, you know? That yeah. would be like that. You'd pick up the phone and it'd blow and be dead and you'd be like, oh, shit. But now people have cell phones. Like, yeah. I, it's bad time to be a murderer. Yeah, uh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, also, too, talking about things I don't understand, the NFL, like the 6.30 Eastern kickoff. Like, really? Everyone works oh. Monday's jerk-offs. Like, why do you want to have this your big game at 6.30 at night kickoff? It's a Sunday. No one's doing anything. You know why? Because they want to make more money from pregame shows and pregame commercials. That's why. More money. And it sucks because everyone's got to, like JT said, I mean, even though he's in mountain time, everyone's got to trudge off to work today. And I don't, it sucks. It's terrible. So My uh, my kid, my daughter stayed up. That's the latest she's ever stayed up. It was like 11 o'clock. And she, was, she fell asleep on the way to school for the first time ever. And then I went to the school, and I guarantee you it was probably 60% fewer cars. Now, this, granted, this is Charlotte, so people are both tired and depressed. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a shocking difference. I'm like, is there school today? Is something wrong? Where is everybody? It was a ghost town. 
<laughs> well, yeah, poor Carolina. Cam Newton too. All, always, always uh, operating with a lot of class in the post race uh, thing. Always. So. Um, yeah, he stormed off. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't even answer anything. Yeah, exactly. So, um, hey, so the Glendale is it Glen? It's Glendale or Phoenix? I still was calling it Phoenix. I don't know. I like Phoenix. Glendale. I think we should go Phoenix. But uh, everything on. Oh, see. Uh, see, yeah, JT. Well, I was told by Chase we go Glendale. Yeah, we did go Glendale on the racetrack side. I, 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 we. The problem is we just had to be consistent. We just picked one. But if I were to vote, it'd in Phoenix. But it's still Phoenix, um, right? Anyways, new yeah. venue, new stadium uh, for the first time. I think fourteen or fifteen years, something like that. Um, I liked it though. I liked it. I liked the track. It was over a minute long. I thought they'd get under a minute, but they never did. And the stadium's nice, and uh, everything was good, JT. It was a nice nice uh, change of venue, I think. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I really liked that stadium. I think uh, just from the outside, I was blown away at how nice it was and, and just the, the sheer, sheer size of it. Um, and, you know, I, I can understand people not wanting to drive all the way out there. I get that. You know, it was a pretty good drive if you're used to the downtown uh, situation. Um, but you know, there is a, there are a lot of, uh, things to do out there. So you could make your whole weekend out of that experience. You know, you stay right by the right. stadium, you eat at the Westgate, uh, center there. There's, you know, probably 50 restaurants right there. Uh, so I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a, a great change up, you know, maybe we go back to Chase Field one day, but I, I would have no problem staying out well, in Glendale. You how, know, was your, year. how was your TGI Fridays in the stadium? How was that? Well, I never really got to go to TGI Fridays. I've only been there once in the 16 years that I'd been there previously. So what? Uh, it wasn't a huge deal to me, but I, I could understand that. You know, the TGI Fridays thing was cool. I, I do get yeah. that. I just never really got to go over there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's different. But the people in, in Phoenix, they don't, like, they don't like going out there because a lot of them live on the um, west side of Phoenix, I believe. Maybe I got it backwards, but they live east, on the east, west, side. east side of Phoenix. They got to go through downtown yep. to get to the other side of the stadium and that's why like phoenix coyote hockey games are struggling and i think people don't mind going out there for for uh cardinals games because it's on a sunday and it's only eight of them but yeah, it's a weird weird location to have a big ass stadium and, and you know in a modern arena out there but anyways um so that's why the hockey team's struggling that's why you sure yeah yeah that's why that's it it's the only reason percent yep. Oh, yep okay um Hey, great job by the track guys and, and Feld and everybody for going outside the stadium. That was really cool. I like that. Shades of U.S. Open, why can't? Yeah, and, you know, when they have those sessions out there, it's not like you're going to be able to pass. You know, it's pretty pretty basic. And the U.S. Open, when they went out, similar was, was like that. But whatever, it's just different. It made the lap time longer. And I really have to say, I felt like the races seemed longer. They just seemed longer. You know, you add up, I don't know how much longer it actually was, what, three minutes? But uh, it made a difference. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It did. Um, I thought it did a good job with the track. I thought the track was good. But big whoops again. That, I mean, they weren't Anaheim too, but the the guys, JT, they were struggling. Yeah, they were tough. I thought they were really tough. Uh, they were, you know, I talking to a few guys after the race, uh, Justin Brayton being one of them, he said they were tougher than Anaheim too uh, at the end of the night. So, uh, they didn't look easy by any means. You could watch, you know, some of the best guys in the sport, and they would get through their, you know, one lap really, really good, and then the next lap they'd seem like they did everything exactly the same, and the mm-hmm. outcome would be completely different, you know. Yeah. So that just tells me that they were really inconsistent and really edgy, which is, you know, I don't know the, the exact term that most people would un- understand, but that's I, – I can, you know – know what that means and most riders would that have been in that spot is where your your rear tire is hitting different angles um of each whoop and you really never know what to expect because they're you know the the whoops are getting uh are ever changing as the race goes on um just build those every week you don't need to be allowed to have two ones but build those every week i'm good with that super cost supposed to be gnarly so i liked it mm. mm-hmm. um it was a separator yeah definitely yeah a separator. no and, and- yeah, late in the race, you could see like guys are getting tired. It was cool. I'm going to write this in my uh, my column this week on on observations on RacerX Online. But have you guys noticed? I noticed the last two races, and I don't. I didn't notice it before. Maybe it was there, and I never. I never paid attention to it. The gate has been dropping so fast. The gate has been. Like, I timed three gates, and only one was above five seconds. It's supposed to be five to ten seconds. They were all like four point three, four point four, four point seven, four point four. It was uh, 
It was crazy. That's quick. Yeah. It's quick because I know in my own racing experience, I would never even put my bike in gear or do anything until the card was turned sideways. And I would really take my time yeah. to build revs and get ready and all that. So um, I would I would think that maybe at least in the heat race anyway, a, a few guys were probably caught off guard. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's really weird. So um, one of those things. Just just something different I've noticed about the, the start. And what about that start? God, it took, and I timed that too. Seven seconds it took to get down there. Seven seconds to get all the way down there. So, I love it. I love, I love yeah, this track. Somebody yeah. told me, uh, I think Tomac said that uh, he thinks that's the fastest he'll go on any track all year, even outdoors. And um, guys were hitting fourth gear, which they don't ever do at a Supercross. Um, but Tomac thinks it was faster than any straight, even in an outdoor. Because of, no know, way. Go ahead and start. But, I, I guess, but he said outdoors, everything's tilled up. So it's a huge. Glenn Helen started. You're going as fast as your motorcycle will go. <laughs> you're, as fast as you're, you're, I, I've done it. You're you're leaning off the back and and in high gear, going as fast as your bike will go. Everything it's got. So, other than that, I would. I agree. But Glenn Helen start yeah. is there's okay. nothing else well, out there like you, it. You, you, I'm sure if we asked Helen, he'd probably say, you know what, you're right. Actually, Glenn Helen. But go, compared well, to go find him this weekend. Go find him this weekend. Yeah. Corner him. I'd be like, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the race. Look, uh, uh, Kenny Roxon won, and great job by him. He rode well, but this class is in a lot of trouble still. Like, Dungey closed on him at the end. Dungey started in 11th. He dropped Eli Tomac. Good job by Kenny. That might be your only win right now. It's nuts, uh, JT. Dungey was incredible again. He was. I actually thought he was going to close more onto Roxon. Uh, I thought Roxon held really strong, and uh, I did. I looked at the lap times quite a bit, uh, just trying to, you know, kind of break down the game film to, you know, steal another sports um, phrase. But Roxon was good. He, he, you know, they were still bouncing right on, you know, high 102s, um, even late into the race, which is a far cry from what anybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, Tomac couldn't sustain it. He dropped off and, and dropped into the high 103s and 104s. Uh, and those guys were still, you know, high 102, low 103, late, late into the race, which was uh, it was impressive, you know. And, yeah, yes, Dungey did make up time, but I feel like Roxon kind of knew he was there and wasn't, uh, it wasn't too concerned. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things, too, where he was maybe marking him, you know, a little bit. But um, it's still, I mean, uh, yeah. It was a great ride by Kenny. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, knock that thing down, but Dungey was great. I mean, it, I was surprised too. Uh, Weege in your Eli Tomac interview, he just he he no excuses from you. He's like, yeah, yeah, they were they're great. Dungey was great. Pulled away from me. Yeah, yeah. He makes, he admitted he said Dungey me up second half of the race, and even Kenny, um, Kenny gave credit too. I mean, he he was happy to win, but he made it clear that he knows that Dungey was catching him. And especially in the whoops now, I even looked at the segment times for that section of the track, and the difference in Dungey and Roxham wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, Kenny was making it sound like Dungey was really killing him in the whoops, but he was pretty strong the whole race long. But I wonder, Kenny said the issue was that he was just a little too conservative through them. So you're going to get in this forever battle of, you know, he had a five-second lead. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wasn't as aggressive. He could have maybe sent it to the whoops a little riskier than he, than he had to. But even he admitted, even with the win, that he's got work to do. Dungey is really good right now. See, I, I watched in the whoops, and I didn't really think Dungey was making any time on him there. I thought Dungey in the fir- I thought in the first half, Dungey wasn't that good in them. Relatively, I didn't speaking. think he was that good in them the whole race. I thought he got better. I thought he got better. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I thought they were really, really even there. To be honest with you, I, I watched them both, and Kenny was great in them at the beginning of the race. I mean, really good. And I watched Dunge, and I, you know, when, when Dungey was trying to close the gap in the last six, seven laps, he was really not good in them at all. I mean, he, he had some really bad runs through there. So I, I would think that if Kenny goes back and watches the tape, watches both of their tapes, because I would assume they have someone watching Rock or Dungey as well, um, he may, you know, change his mind there. Um, Tomac just about ate it. Bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, the- but he was better. He was better than... You know, if you if you compare no, Anaheim two yeah. to Phoenix in the whoops, he was much much better, and the bike looked a lot better this uh, weekend than it did there. I wrote about this in my column last week, and uh, Eli kind of uh, validated it a little bit. In the course of a day, Tomac's been up and down. 
in, in, in many races. Uh, Anaheim, two, 11th in practice, should have been on the podium. Uh, Oakland won a heat race, jumped that triple, had a bad main event. Uh, at, at, I think at round two, he had another terrible practice and, wrote, and ripped through the pack in the main. This week, his first 10 were great. He got up to 1.8 onto Kenny, and we thought we were going to have a big battle, and then the last 10 were not. Like in, and he mentioned this to, to you again and again. Like in the course of a day, Eli Tomac's day is up and down. There's, there's, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, here he comes. He's got it. He's back. And then other times you're like, whoa, Eli Tomac's still struggling, you know? So what do you think, Weech? Yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to we said uh, last week, you know, that we knew there were going to be some growing pains. And sometimes these guys switch teams like Kenny did last year, and they come out firing. But I think a lot of it is that they might, by chance, hit on the right setup the very first race. <laughs> they just don't have that wide notebook. And I was talking to Jimmy Perry, actually, about this over about Reed's team. And he's like, the bike's good, but the problem we have is that we just don't have a notebook on. If this changes, we change this. Yeah. We change this and affect that. So I think that's why these new team combos. I mean, how is it that Roxon, the best Roxon has ever been pretty much for RCH was his first three races with them. And then six months later, they're struggling like crazy on the bike outdoors. And you're like, well, how did he start out good? And then it went the wrong. You would think it would just continually get better. But I think that's the problem. You, you might hit on it right once. But to be perfect every single time on a new bike, that's a problem. And then the team manager, uh, Bruce Sternstrom, told me that one of the issues they're having is Eli's probably getting stronger and faster because of the shoulders. Mm. So even if the bike stays the same, it's going to end up being off because he's going to start going faster. So they're chasing two things at once. He's getting faster, and they have to change the bike to match that, but they don't know how. So, JT, you're more like I'm like – my takeaway from the race is like Ryan Dungey is still the man, and these guys still have a lot of problems. But you're more, I sense, not so much that way, and thinking more like, yeah, Kenny's got something for him. And well, well I still think Dungey's the man, um, but I think Kenny can win, you know, on any given weekend. From what we saw this weekend, the problem is, is that Dungey probably doesn't care as long as they maintain the status quo, because you know, I'm not exactly sure of the number, but it's got to be somewhere around 20 to 25 points he has over Kenny. So I don't think Dungey's really that concerned. You know, if and Dungey's going to win races, I think that's that's obvious. So unless Kenny just goes on some stupid win streak, which I don't see happening, uh, I don't think Ryan has anything to worry about. You know, I, I think it just proved that Kenny can win, mm-hmm. uh, which we've kind of been waiting on. You know, you knew the form was there. It's just could he put it all together? Uh, he kind of proved that he's he's kind of ready to do that now. But Ryan is going to be there every time. It doesn't. You know, we, he showed this weekend. It doesn't matter where he starts. He's going to be in contention for even the race win starting. You know, mid pack. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, at one point, you know, the, the 20, say, point lead that Dungey had, and I'm like, oh, at one point, I'm thinking, well, he'll probably only be able to get third. And then you're like, you know, if somehow Kenny did this three weeks in a row, which isn't a ton, you know, three in a row, and Dungey gets three thirds, that's 15 points real fast. Um, and that's how, if you go back to, say, 2013, when Millsaps had a huge lead on Villapoto, I always say, it's not like Millsaps started DNFing races. It was just a series of, like, first and thirds, first and fourth, first and fifth, the next thing you know. Filippo makes up a huge amount of ground, but mm-hmm. man, second half of the race with Dungey did, I'm like, well, he can't even get third. He can't <laughs> even get third on his worst. I, night. So uh, like, gonna, how's this going to work? He, he, Eli seemed like he. It's funny again talking about Tomac on the live interview at the stadium. He seemed pretty depressed on the post on a TV interview. He seemed okay. He seemed all right with this. Like you know, it's building. It's we're coming. But these guys aren't paid to to have that happen. JT, this is not why. He's getting paid money to have get caught by Ryan Dungey and dropped. So, I don't know. I think I would be a little bit worried if I'm Eli and the Cowie guys. Like, yeah, it's coming around, but man, that was not good. Like Dungey, I thought it, I thought it was all right. I mean, he still got third. You know, <laughs> yeah, but he dude, still was on the podium. I, you know, I don't think it's anything terrible. You know, leaving Oakland, it's not terrible. It looks but... great because Oakland was not good at all. So, <laughs> if you're comparing Oakland to this weekend, you know that there's something to at least have a you know silver lining or a there's a bright spot you know and and he was he was catching kenny the first half of the race he was there's no yeah. doubt about it he, he was. was catching roxon so i don't think it's anything to stress about i just think they need to keep you know basically focus on continuing to improve that's the biggest thing you can't, if they stayed where they were all season right now and, and he's getting dropped at the end of the races and all that then yes i, I would fully agree 
that they need to kind of look at where they're at. But I don't. I still. I still think it's an improvement week to week. Um, I, each weekend, you could take something away and say, "Hey, that was a lot better." Um, you know, that's the first time in a main event where we've been catching the leader, which was this weekend. Uh, Oakland, they won. You know, won the heat race, all that. So I think there's things, there's signs that he's going to be ready to win and, and in the fight for the whole main event for a win here very soon. Well, yeah, um, should be interesting. I'd like to see. Rocks and Dungey get 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 out the start one too. I mean, we saw him in the heat race a couple of times, but uh, mm-hmm. be interesting to see. Uh, but I know you know like Chad's made a made a, a crack at Kenny's fitness on the Pulp Show a little while back and all that. But it was great. I thought his fitness was great. I thought Kenny's, like you said, JT. I, I quickly look at the lap times and they were good. And you mentioned that earlier. Like no problems with with Rocks and his fitness on on that end. So and we know Dungey's strong. So it could it could end up being a great battle if they get one too. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's definitely, you know, we were very close to it happening in Oakland. And, and mm-hmm. really, when they were two seconds apart, you know, once uh, Kenny finally got around Marvin, that's pretty close, you know, to, yeah. to be in what we want. Uh, but we'll get it. We'll get the battle, though, you know. I, I just don't know if it's going to shape up how we all think, where they're just going to battle to the death for 20 laps. I don't yeah. know that that's going to happen. <laughs> no. Those guys have better nights than others. So yeah. that, that would be the Christian Craig Cooper Webb three-lap battle is pretty good. I'll take that. Um, Weege, uh, nice. There's a nice little story brewing with Millsaps here. Whole shot, another heat race win, uh, fifth place, season best, fifth place. I talked to him after the race, and you know, you never want, you never know how these guys are going to be. Like sometimes I've talked to guys, and I've been like, uh, "Hey, man, great ride, man. I thought you rode well." And it'll be like, "Wow, it's it's fifth. I mean, you know, blah blah blah. You know, I got to be better. Blah blah blah. Cause, you know, they kind of just talk to the media in one way, and in my mind, I'm like. You should be stoked with a fifth. And they're like, I'm not. And I'm like, you should be. But whatever. Okay, so with Millsaps, I kind of went into the post-race interview with that kind of attitude. Like, hey, man, you, you know, you whole shot, you, you were up front, and you got fifth, and you were pretty far back. And I was kind of like bracing. And, and, but Davey was really happy. I think he was wondering why I was, you know, saying like, ah, you know, you could be better. or something Because like, I was kind of ready for that, for the old Supercross racer cliche interview. But... Davey was stoked, and I think he's got a right to be, Weege. Yeah, I listened to that, too, and um, it's just so weird how I, I feel like in the off season people talk about consistency is so important, and consistency and making it through all the races, and that's what everybody thinks is going to be so good. And then as soon as the rider is doing that, then immediately, well, well Tomac's a perfect example. Like, in November, if everyone said, Tomac's coming in on a new team, he's coming off of injuries, he's going to get three-fourths to start the year. Everyone would be like, you'd take that. You definitely take that. And he gets three-fourths, and then it's like, he hasn't been on the podium. What's wrong? Round five. Dunge him up. What's wrong? But this is what was supposed to be, like, good. So it's that same thing where, like, Millsaps gets fifth, which, again, Millsaps hasn't raced in, like, three years practically. Fifth, you'd take that all day. That sounds awesome. But then when it actually happens, then it doesn't seem nearly as good. And exactly, half the time the dudes are disappointed. Half the time you think the guy's riding awesome, and you go to his mm-hmm. team manager, and they're like, "We're not paid for fifth." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. Remember when Barsha was a rookie, and like halfway through the year, him and Stanton and his mom were just like beside themselves, he was uh, getting like fifth every week. And we're like, "Yeah, what? You're rookie, and you're supposed to just be blowing Villapoto away?" And he's like, "We're paid to win." <laughs> so I, I'm with you. That's why I sometimes I approach these interviews with like. How's this guy's attitude going to be? Because I think he did great, <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, I'm the yeah, same way. Yeah, he gets two wins and a bunch of like top fives, and he didn't crash out. And he was solid. And the end of the year, they were like, "This was horrible." So, um, yeah. no, I know where you're coming yeah. from. That, but and the same thing with with Tomac being four, four, seven, three, whatever he's been. Like, sounds good if you had told me about this in November. But now that's actually happening. I'm sure they're like, eh. yeah. But um, yeah. So Millsaps, I was impressed. Like he's wearing it. Completely. I heard what he said to you. He's like, listen, I'm going to be honest. Like, right. I haven't raced at this pace at 20 laps for a long, long time. It's just not there yet. Yeah, and, uh, um, and I think that's fine. Think. Yeah, it's – it's what, yeah, it, it is what he is at this point. You know what I mean? He's older guy. He's been hurt a lot. He's missed a lot of time. Winning heat races is no joke, and no matter who's in it. And, and then, like I said, a couple whole shots and leading laps. Like, JT, you're close to that team. Like, if you're Forrest Butler, I think you're happy. Oh, I think everybody was happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's I, I good. I spoke to Davey yeah. about this um, after the race, and um, yeah, he was happy. You right. know, it was an improvement. I think he 
He is struggling with a strategy decision right now. And I talked at length with this about, uh, to, I spoke with Davey about it. And then I spoke even longer with Forrest about it is Davey right now can go the, can go the pace. He can go the, the pace that Kenny and Ryan can. Uh, he's shown that in heat races many times right now. The pace is not the problem. It's doing that sprint pace, which they're all flat out, you know, in, in those heat races and in the main events. But Davey can't do that for 20 laps yet, and he knows it. You know, he's got to ride out of his comfort zone to go that fast. So he doesn't know which is better. Does he try to lead the race or battle for the lead for 8 to 10 laps or whatever he has in him? Mm-hmm. Say it's 12 laps and then completely blow up because you've just been out of, you know, you're way in the red for so long. Uh, or do you back it down 5% and you try to get fifth like you did, you know? And I don't know the right answer to that. You know, everybody has to make their own decision and, and what you think is best and your team thinks is best and all that. But I do know that's where he's at is he's trying to build up to where he can do 20 laps at his heat race pace. Uh, but, it, you know, is it worth trying to push for 10 and then you get 10th because you're just completely vaporized. You know, I, I don't know. Well, that, that's an interesting talking point as to, cause everyone's going to have a different opinion on which is the best route or, or strategy there. Right. No, I take the fifth. I say, you know, at this point, I, I, I agree. And that's obviously what Davey chose to do, but, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but in talking to Forrest, he's kind of like, man, but if you don't, that's great. Fifth place is awesome. But if you don't ever push for that 10 laps at, you know, Mm-hmm. As fast as you can go and battle with those guys, how are you ever going to get twenty? Don't you feel? You know, don't you, you feel gotta like get ten and then maybe twelve and then fifteen and hopefully one day by the end of the season you're there. I feel like with Davy's body uh, injuries and everything else, I feel like if he pushed it really hard and had a big one, he could just turn into dust, like just poof, <laughs> gone. Because that dude's been hurt a ton, you know. Yeah, so. I don't think it's crashing that he's worried about or. Right, you know, right. I, I don't think that's the fear. I just think he knows at some point. And I've I've done this a million times. You're just pushing so far, so hard at a level that you're not comfortable with, and then your heart rate is you know 195 instead of 180, and you just blow up. You know that term I use, blowing up, but it's kind of a common term with uh, sports. Is you just can't go anymore. You have to back it down. Like mm-hmm. your body's just like, hey, we're slowing down. Um, my body says that all the time. Hey, we're slowing down. Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know how much you talked to Chad. I talked to him a little bit yesterday, uh, JT, over text back and forth about some different stuff. And he had a small bike issue in the main that held him back. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you got that from him too, but he um, wasn't super no, stoked. No, he was just very unhappy with how he rode when I talked to him. Never good in Phoenix either. He, t- he, p- he tweeted that out. And it's true. Yeah. yeah, never that good in Phoenix. He's been, he's ridden well there. You know, he got yeah. second to James. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's ridden well, but he's never won. But he's you know, got one of, the yeah. only, one of the only venues he's never won. In. Yeah, when we say he's never ridden, we should – Characterize this with never winning because it's definitely been podiums, no doubt. Um, Weech, how was Brighton? He said it was his best. Um, we interviewed him literally at the same time, which was, I don't know, either the greatest thing ever or the dumbest thing ever. Um, we both recorded the same interview at the same time. But um, he thought it was the best um, t- overall 20 laps he feels he's had. You know, it happened to come on the night we had one of the yeah. worst starts of the year, but that's the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good for both those, both the BTO guys, both Millsaps and Brayton. I think, mm-hmm. even though um, it's five to seven, which half the dudes are bummed on that, I think it would be pretty good, and they seem to feel that. And hey, Shorty's coming back, and it's gonna it's gonna take a bit for Andrew to get up to speed. But when I look at these guys, I, I think Andrew's in the class of Will Hahn and and Michael Alessi and, and Weston. Well, maybe not Weston, but they had an off night. But Hahn and, and Alessi and Porcel, I think Andrew is sort of in that mix right away and that's almost a top 10 and bto could have three guys in the top 10 so i think i think andrew's gonna surprise you oh yeah okay yep yeah i think he's gonna be from talking to people that have been at the tracks neutral parties i think he's better than where you just placed him well he's on the pulp show tonight we'll get to the bottom of that well i don't know you know i don't think andrew's gonna toot his own horn oh god you know he is yeah, so full of himself. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I really do. I think he – because he could have raced this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were debating it at the last minute, um, and they just said, nope, we're just going to give it another week. Right. And I really think he's going to come in and, and well, be right in that mix of guys in the next group, the, you know, yeah. Brayton, Millsap, that, you know, 7, right. 8, 9, well, 10. Even, even better for, for Forrest, then, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I just think he's, I think he's more ready than – Typically, right. when people come back for their first round, um, 
Weimer had a bad night. I uh, I thought he crashed. He said he never crashed. He's got a terrible start, and he said the whoops sucked for him all night. So 14th was him was his best finish. Phil went down again. Um, I think Weimer was detuned from that big crash in practice. Yeah. He never looked the same after that crash. Yeah, he crashed into whoops in practice. Yep. Um, yeah. Marvin Marvin had an eventful night, moving up, then moving backwards, then parked by Sealy. Like yeah, Chad parked him too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's true, right? But. Um, at different times, you were like, oh, Marvin's on the move. Here he comes. Oh, Marvin's not in the move. Oh, Marvin's down. Oh, Marvin's back well, He up. really fell yeah. apart yeah. when Chad passed him back. Yeah. He completely fell apart. Yeah, he admitted that after the race, too. Yeah, he yeah. said that kind of disrupted him a little bit. Uh, I, and Pike didn't have a great night. He wasn't so stoked on his night. Imagine that. Um, what else? Um, Porcel? When does he... Round seven, Weech? Should we just skip? Round, round seven. Okay. To Dallas. So we will skip Purcell yeah. talk until maybe seven. And <clears throat> Yeah, don't worry. This week or next week. Just the the surprising thing is that the guy just might actually do it. It's just that's he, the, Do you see how fast he was? In the, in the, was it the middle practice there? Mm, one of them, he was second on the board. That was the third one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just the guy can go so fast. It doesn't matter if there's big whoops or if it's tacky or if it's dry and slippery or what. It doesn't matter. The guy can flat out haul ass, and he just doesn't do it when it's time to race. Does not do it. No. Nope. I don't get it. The 800 at his best start of the year. Almost got the whole shot. Finished 12th. Um, Will Hahn had another 10th. Good job by Will. Like I was saying uh, yeah. last week, like he's, a, he's the subject of and he, and he even admitted to me, too, um, you know, in, in the beginning of the day, like, He's the subject of a lot of hate on his social media and everything. Like people are like you don't deserve that ride, you suck, blah blah blah. And Will had to like even block a couple people and and I get it too, because like, I get it tweets and, and call in shows and things like that. And like you know, two tenths in a row. Like let's let's all that's good, right, JT? I mean, yeah, I don't I don't understand the hate, and I see it. People are hating on Weimer when he got that ride, and people are hating on Han because he you know they don't they feel it's unjust that he has that ride over. I don't know who they think should have the ride, but apparently not will. I don't get it. You know, I just don't understand where the, I can understand if you're negative out, but the hate, I mean, people write things and I'm just like, you can't, you know, you would never say that in person. Like you would never, ever, ever say that in person. Like it's just, it's crazy when you stand back and look at where society's at with some of the things they say to, especially a guy like Will, who's, I mean, by all means, a great person and nice and humble. And I just am like, why would you do that? You know, I just, why would it, you do that? It frustrates me. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, I, I texted a, a data guy, and he said the speeds were uh, approximately 60 miles per hour down the start. And he said that's really close to Glenn Helen's speed. So, oh, snap. But, but it sounds like Glenn Helen's still faster, but he said this was close. So, Ooh. um, um, I feel like that is a win. This is the exact thing I'm saying. Like, several riders this year had bad years last year, and it's like the goal was to just be solid. Tomac, don't crash out. Millsaps, get a season in. Brayton, be healthy, get the season in. Han, be healthy, get the season in. And then they do exactly that, exactly what everyone thinks would be good for them. And then when it's actually happening, it's like, dude, this guy sucks. He's getting hole shots. Guys, he's fading. Guys are passing him. Uh, He's going to the LCQ. Like, I don't know what people want. Like you, right. you always, always, it's like the all-star snubs in sports when they talk about who got, you know, who should have been on the team. Well, you have to figure out who should have been off of it instead of him. Like when Millsaps gets fifth, you have to look at who's ahead of him. Who is he supposed to beat? Or or right. Brighton or, or Han? Like who who should they be beating that they're not beating? Yeah, to make this so terrible. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? Everyone's been it's all, ourselves included, us three included. I've been like, oh, you know, who's Cowie going to get next year? You know, meaning to be Tomax. But you know what? If Will keeps this up, <laughs> if Will keeps this up um, and he gets along with everybody on the team, Cowie's a big uh, team, big uh, feeling about, you know, everybody getting along and everybody gelling. If all that works and, and he keeps and he keeps doing this, maybe he goes back. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's not unheard of if he gets in the top ten in the Supercross and Nationals. It's not unheard of for them to keep him if everything's working well. He's a nice second rider. And... We'll see, but I, it's—I mean—it's early. But God, people were really hating on him. So two tenths in a row. Good job for Wilbur. Um, what else? 
Anything else in the 450 class? Good job by uh, Alex Ray to make his first main event. Bryce Stewart making the main event. Seven deuce deuce let one get away there. Oh, he did. He did. Could have had it for sure. Yeah, there's so many weekends where I'm just like, well, it's just not in the cards. You know, there's too many good guys in front of him. This was a weekend where he, you know, oh. he just let, he just missed an opportunity, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Kate Clayson's riding pretty good, though. He is riding pretty well. I don't know if you guys watching. Yeah, you guys he's good in the whoops. That helped him a lot. Yeah. He's, he's a big guy. He's, you know, yep. that helps for sure. And uh, he was he was taking advantage of it. Yep. You go to, over to talk to the JGR guys much, Weege? Um, before the race, yeah, I didn't go over there after. Um, I did go to a Super Bowl party last night, and I said, J-Bone, you should have, invo- you should have invited Phil, like just flown him out from California just for the entertainment. <laughs> like just to have him as part of the party. We have food, we have drinks, we have the game on, right. big screens, we have Phil, if you want some comedy. Um, I, I was watching video. I couldn't resist. I, I couldn't resist Phil. I don't know, he's a kind of tractor beam, man. Now, I hear I'm making fun of you for talking to him all the time. You are, and I see? Got myself. I, I was watching video with Braden up, up in the lounge, and we're out of the corner of our eye, Phil eats crap in the uh, section oh, the section before the whoops the the, the going uh, after the first turn you make a left and in that that jump he goes flying through the air and into the berm and Brayton and I are dying and we're re- rewinding it and we're trying to it's in the corner of the film and we can't quite see it and and like we just we're just laughing it's it's such a dick move on our part like we're just we can't help it it's like sorry Phil and then I took a photo of him laying on the ground, and I, and I posted it on Instagram. Like, what are we doing? God. And then uh, there's some there's some good uh, comedy also now that uh, Reed's on Yamaha and Phil's out there in California, where you have what a great combo these two are making. Or like yeah. Reed, who knows how to needle and twist and mm-hmm. get dudes' head, put dudes down in such unbelievably like cutting, subtle ways. And then he has fill out there as like a blank canvas. I feel like Chad's practically trying out new material on how to yeah. no, get Phil, dude's head with Phil. Phil told me that Chad went up to him and was like, how's the whoops, Phil? And Phil went, nah, and, and Chad went pretty big. <laughs> like, you're just like, Phil, you're like, oh, God. You know, and Chad's just laughing, no doubt. So. Uh, I was talking to Chad uh, after track walk, and I'm like, JT, this will not surprise you. He basically, in his practice, Chad wants, he says, there's about 10 guys. He only feels like 10 guys should be in his practice. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? These guys are main event guys. And he was naming off dudes that are currently pretty good and making mains, but they do not belong in practice with him. He's either bugging him for his fast laps. <laughs> this just, is his get off my lawn moment. Dude, I'm just laughing because you know he's serious. You know he's just like these guys. Oh, for sure, he's serious. These guys don't belong know. out there, and I'm just like, well, you know what happens is people get in the way of your fast laps. Well, yeah, and, and we'll get that, that. It does happen. Of I mean, course, there's no doubt that it happens. So I, that's where the frustration comes from. So <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I saw Marvin Muscan was f- losing his mind on Ben's Freezy this weekend. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally screaming at him multiple times on multiple straightaways about it. So it's just one of those things where he's looking at it as, hey, man, the elite guys want to be able to get their good laps in and not get messed up by this. But, you know, it's never going to happen. It's, uh, it's, just, we've been doing it the same way for, you know, however I was, long. I it's was not gonna happen. telling Chad, they're main event guys. They're in the main event with you. And he just went, Pfft. like, that didn't, that didn't even matter. I think matter. he's looking at, they're also three or four seconds a lap slower. Mm-hmm. So, so even, should, even though they're in the main event, if you took, we, like, Bryce Stewart's best lap versus well, Ryan Dungey's best lap, there's a huge gap. He wasn't there. even talking about Bryce Stewart, guys. And I, I don't know. Want, I'm yeah, just saying. Right. But, I mean, Michael Acaden, who we all, you know, was on the show. We all like him. He was in that practice. Yeah, no, so I, I agree. I would invite you to look at his best lap versus, say, no. Ryan Dungey's best lap, and there's a massive jump. No, I know, but I'm saying Chad was talking about dudes that are way better than Acaden and those guys. They right, sh- but he's he's – that's being driven by yeah, 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 the back end. Yeah. Right, right. You know, he's, he's taking it a bit far, but yes. I think his motivation for even bringing it up is right. because of that. Well, you know how he is. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, all right, hey, let's take a commercial break. Hey, br- JT, oh. I want to throw a theory out here for you, JT, speaking of Chad and these whoops and, and, and things like that. Uh, you know, when Stewart, Stewart's had one good moment since he's come back, and that was whoops and the dragon. Right, Stewart? At, uh, James Stewart. <laughs> 
Bryce and, and James are pretty much tied, I think, on, on May. Or <laughs> close. Um, okay, so uh, remember, James, you know, killed in the whoops and the dragon back. That straight rhythm was faster than Dungeon mm-hmm. Rocking through there. And then Chad uh, tweeted after that. He's like, kids can scrub, but something like, but the real man can do whoops or something like that. Um, it was like a little strange, like, me and Stu hate each other, but at least we got this. We, we can kill whoops like nobody else. And on these tracks with the big whoops, like Chad didn't have a great night, but even if you look at his times through that segment, whoops are never a problem for him. So, JT, my theory is, is this reaching back to the few guys that are left in the field that actually raced every weekend when the whoops were gnarly all the time are just showing the few times they get a section like that, what they grew up on where the rest of the dudes are usually racing 16 races a year where the whoops aren't even that bad? Is that a theory? So are you saying are they – I'm trying to follow. They're trying good to figure out exactly what he lost me. He, he lost me too, JT. Don't worry. He lost me too. Yeah. Okay. Chad and James are still really good at whoops, and that's a little like point of pride they have. And even right. though they hate yeah. each other, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, man, I like how you can kill whoops just like me. We got that." Mm-hmm. Is that partially because they're great riders in general? But is that partially because they were raised in an era where supercross whoops were ridiculous and a huge separator, and they got that thing down? And most of the guys that are racing this now, the whoops have not been as bad throughout their careers? I don't think so. I just think it's they're still around because, you know, Carmichael was never great in them. Uh, it was always a liability yeah. for him. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, like Justin Brayton is really good in them, but he, he, I think it's just a talent because I don't think you can just blanket everyone with that. Uh, there were lots of guys that were – that grew up in that era that weren't good that you know weren't good at them. Jeff Emig was never good at them. I mean, he he's I will tell you yep. straight to your face that it was a huge problem for him in Supercross. So, I just think both of those guys. You know, I don't think it's a theory. I just think both of those guys happen to be very talented and they happen to still be around. I got you. They just were always good at them. That's yeah, the it just worked out that they way. Would've... I would say. You know, if yeah. Ricky was yeah. you know still around, he's a couple years older. Obviously, he's thirty six now, but. He would still not be great in them. You know, I don't think it would have changed anything. Right. Um, all right, let's take a commercial break here. Uh, listen to this uh, commercial from Racetech Suspension. Use the code PULPAMEX uh, to save yourself money at Racetech. Get some uh, suspension revalve or get your oil changed. And also, two Michelin Starcross 5. Forget what you thought about Michelin tires before. Starcross 5 is out now, and, uh, and they're killing it with that. So listen to this commercial. We'll be back with some 250 talk. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... And probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH 
stage three, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. Racer X Podcast presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Jason Thomas and Jason Wygett with me on the uh, on the line. So, okay, um, 250 talk. Let's go Let's go that first. First of all, let's pour out some uh, – let's pour out a little bit of 40 on the concrete for our, our, uh, our friend Adam Cincerillo, who now is out again with a broken wrist, and this is terrible, and it's not good for Adam, and he's – yeah, I don't know what else to say. Anyone? Can he, Bad deal. Bad deal. So. Oh, terrible, yeah. Okay. Um, we had a moment cool. there. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what are you going to do? I know, I know, I know. This is brutal. Um, it's terrible. Talk, talk about terrible. Uh, Cooper Webb's move on Aldrich. Jeez, in practice. Um, I like Cooper Webb. Stop trying to make me not like you, Cooper Webb. This reminds me of, like, <clears throat> Josh Grant or Justin Barsha when they were the guys in this class. Like, Aldridge got in his way at Anaheim, too. It wasn't really even on – it wasn't on purpose. And, and like JT said, it happens all the time. Guys get in the way. You lose your fast lap. It's nothing to freak out about. <clears throat> and, you know, the turn before Aldridge in practice, and you can go to my uh, – you can go to RacerX online. The video's on there. Um, you know, Aldridge hit him a little bit, or they had small, small amount of contact. And then Cooper just decides, that's it, I'm going to tee this dude up. Probably still from Anaheim, too. Maybe from something else. And, uh, like, I just, it's just bullcrap, JT. I just, and you know what? And Webb went down, too. So, you know, it didn't exactly work. I just, I just leave that alone, man. It bugs the shit out of me, like, that, that's the attitude. It's like, I'm, I'm the best in this class. I don't belong in here. I'm a bad dude. You guys are all beneath me. Get out of my way. That's what so it do you Do you also take offense with Marvin? Going down three or four straightaways, yelling at Vince, and after practice, yelling at him, throwing his hands up. That's where better. Do you, where do you draw the line? It's better than. As, uh, well, okay, it's, it, that's still better than giving the guy the finger. Um, okay. Giving another guy the finger, which apparently he did too. That's that's on videotape as well, and then launching a guy into the concrete. That's also better. Obviously, the the web thing was way, way, way over the line. Well, that's no what I'm saying. That's that. my whole point. But if someone's in your way, and, and obviously he and, and Aldridge have something going on there, uh, you know, is it okay to, to stuff him? Or, you know, where, I'm just asking where the line is drawn. Are you allowed to yell at them? Are you allowed to you can You can yell at them. Displeasure? You can yell at them after practice. Or, <clears throat> and that's, that's, that's all that's acceptable to me. Guess what, Cooper Webb? You've gotten in the way of some dude's fast laps. Everyone does. You have 25 minutes of practice to get in three laps of, of, of your best laps. That's literally what these guys do now. If you look at their lap times, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at guys' lap times, three or four times do they lay it down in 25 minutes of practice. Practice of 12 minutes, are they not, right? 24 minutes of practice? Um, they only lay down four laps. And I'm sorry if someone gets in your way. It happens to everybody. Uh, JT, you've gotten in guys' ways, and guys have gotten in your way. It happens out there, people. To, but I, I think... To, I think Webb is under the impression, and I'm completely speculating here, I think he's under the impression that Aldridge is doing this on purpose. There's, yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. way he would have responded like that. Yeah, Aldridge is doing it on purpose. Oh, God, yeah, I'm sure. 
Well, look, you, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, people, Vince Freeze used to do it all the time to people. I don't know that he was doing that to Marvin. I don't see why he would do it to Marvin on purpose, but he used to do it to people. So I don't know. Why would Aldrich do it? Like, you know what? Completely unintentionally got in the way, and I know you didn't mean to, but it's on. No, he thinks he does it on purpose because he's got that chip on his shoulder and he's trying to jack with him and everything else. It's well, just, I'm, that's what I'm asking. Did, did he do it on purpose is what I'm asking. No. They have a history, so obviously there's, there's you well, know, I, you I watched against it, it completely. I watched the A2 thing completely in front of me the whole time. Aldridge went high in a berm because Cooper was probably the only guy tripling in. And Aldridge was probably like thinking, I don't know if the, if this guy's going to triple in. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the extreme high of the berm and let this dude by. Meanwhile, the extreme high of the berm was Webb's line. But how is Aldridge to know that Cooper was like the only dude jump, tripling in that needed to go that high? It was completely innocent. Like I just, like, I, I'm like, not arguing the A2 thing. I'm arguing this weekend after. No, they but had, got you're, into you're it. saying like the A2 thing. Cooper's probably thinking that's on purpose. And now he's I don't, thinking I don't know. today's I, I on purpose. I didn't see that one, so I don't know. Give me a break, though. Give me a break. You got 24 minutes. Beat it. Lay down your fast lap. There's no need to take a dude out and send yourself onto the concrete. I think taking it's, him out, I, I've been very pissed off at people of course. about that. Yes, it happens. So I don't think that you can just say there's no reason to be mad because I guarantee you there's lots of people mad out there during practice about that. But obviously, Webb went way too far. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, okay, no, you can be mad. Just, all right, get another lap in, bro. You know, get another lap. You have 24 minutes to get two laps in, three laps in. I just, I don't like it. And I like Cooper Webb. You know? Good guy. The sport needs him. He's, he's open. He's funny. You know, he's a great rider. But spare me. Weege, where do you stand on all this? Well, he needs to spare himself because who's got more to lose there? Like, I could not believe that he was willing to take the chance of crashing himself onto the concrete when it's his title to lose. Like, he might not have been the points leader, but I think Cooper knows all i got to do is do my thing. I'm faster than these guys. I'll win the title. Just the only thing that's going to stop me is, you know, my bike having a problem or me crashing or me getting hurt. But otherwise, his title's mine. So I don't know why you'd even take any chances. I mean, that could have been the best thing that ever happened to uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki. <laughs> Webb tries to yeah. take out Aldridge, hurts himself, Savaji wins the title. So <clears throat> regardless of it, whatever the look is or it's not classy or it's not professional or whatever. I don't care about that. I just think it's a dumb move for yourself to put yourself at risk. Like that could have ended horribly. They both crashed into each other on the concrete. I've talked to five or six of these top dudes. None of them like Cooper Webb. I think everybody likes, that doesn't help either. I think everyone likes Christian Craig. No one's got a problem with that, you know, but he's going to need help. He doesn't need five or six dudes out to get him, And that's what they are. They're all like, I have this dude, you know, it's 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 shades of Justin Barsha, same way. Josh Grant was that yeah, way too. I think that when, when he's coming through the pack, which unfortunately for him, he pretty much has to do every time. We were talking to uh, remember we were talking to my shack, uh, co-owner of Geico up there about this and uh, Barsha, and he's like the one thing Barsha had though was that he was a good starter, so he usually they couldn't get to him. <laughs> yeah. But in Cooper's case, he's got to come through these guys every week, and they're not exactly. It's not like Craig has completely gone over the line and tried to knock him down, but they are going right up to the border of I'm going to ride the widest motorcycle possible. And I cannot imagine that there's not a little extra motivation for them because of, I don't like this dude, so I'm going to make it even harder for him to pass me than, you know, if it was Ryan Dungey doing that, I don't think they'd do that. Well, that's the thing. Ryan Dungey, Ryan Villapoto, they don't get involved in these type of things. They're just no. like, all right, I'm good. No. I'm fast. I'm gnarly. It sucks. Let me not make any enemies out here, and let me just ride around. And I know it's youth and, and all that kind of stuff, but come on, Cooper. I, yeah, they think they know that there's they have more to lose playing that game than anybody else. If you're the fastest guy, don't let them do that to you because if, you, if everything's clean, you're going to win. Someone someone call Seth Rarick. He's, he's Cooper's what? man friend. He's a good guy. Really? Yeah. I know that. Trainer, buddy, good guy, former X-Band rider. Um, someone call Seth and just give him a calm Cooper down. All right. Um, Enjoy the entertainment. I think it's fine personality-wise, but I just think tactically yeah. it could end up biting him. Yeah. Give, me, like, give me a break, though. Give me a break. Just put some laps in. Calm down. Um, so uh, do we think that Webb would have got Craig had it not been for the front-end washout? Craig was riding well. He's riding pretty defensive. 
I think he would have got. I think he would have won though, JT. I do if he hadn't watched that front end out. Although he got sketchy, he got Buckwall in the whoops a few times. Oh, I think it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, you know, Christian Craig's not going to want to hear that, and Paige Craig would probably uh, tweet something about it or whatever. But I, there's just no way I would argue that ja- Jagger, Christian was going to win if Craig didn't, if Cooper didn't go down. Jagger just fired up his social media account. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you have to. You know, you have to think that. So if you're in, on a guy, if you're wearing a guy Honda shirt, maybe not. But I think most people would have assumed that. Cooper was going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so too. Nice story though for Craig though, getting starts, checking out, riding well. Oh, really, he rode great. Yeah, really I mean, he cool can't story. control what Cooper does. No, yeah, it's irrelevant yeah. on that end. He rode awesome. It's just if you take it and put it in a vacuum and say he doesn't crash there, you look at how the other races have gone. You know, you look at the lap times. I, I think he probably would have won. And to me, Savachi's in a place kind of like Tomac is, where your number one guy caught you, passed you, and moved on. You know, so yeah. still got third, though. Still salvaged a third, so not so bad. Osborne crashed out. Bummer for him, but I guess he's okay. And this Colt Nichols, dude. God, he's good. He didn't have a great main event, but he moved from the back again. So Yeah, he's, he's legit. legit. Like, he really will be legit. a title contender next year. I, I firmly believe that. Um, All right, Mitchell Oldenburg. I asked him, what's going on with you? You're like... You know, two-fourths in a row. You're obviously trying to calm down. He's like, yes, yes, I'm trying to just not freak out, not pin it, and put some laps in. Put laps in. I'm like, well, it's working. So, Because he was sketchy to start the year. So he's had a couple of nice nice rides in a row for the TLD guys. So that's good. But, but then he'll get fourth next week, and then people will start saying, dude, that's a factory KTM, three-fourths? You're paid to get on the podium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. First, be just put in the lap, be consistent, and as soon as you start doing it, then people will be mad because they're not winning or getting on the podium. Yeah, it's the probably the theme of this particular episode. It's the theme of this podcast today. Yeah, really, right? You suck. You're terrible. Yeah. Wait, you're top ten in the rider in the world. Just so. be consistent, be solid, and then as soon as you're consistent and solid, you're not winning. Right. And you suck. Well, Mitchell Harrison certainly is not consistent and solid and hurting fantasy teams everywhere right now. Um, Aldrich had a good race. What do you get? Sixth? What do you get? Uh, yeah, I think so. Did yeah, oh. I, I printed off the I printed off the wrong sheet here, but um, hold on. Yeah, uh, Aldridge started up front, and then yeah, he ended up with a sixth. So good job for uh, for Chris Aldridge. Speaking of, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't really have any big close calls either. I watched him quite a bit mm-hmm. because he was, uh, you know, the, he's the fantasy killer, which he wasn't this weekend, except for if you couldn't pick him. Um, but yeah, he he rode well. That's I think that's what everybody's kind of looking for is just just get some finishes in there, you know. Yeah. Get yep. you got to stay off the ground regardless right, right. of what your finishes. You just can't can't crash every single weekend. Yep. Uh, Jimmy D hole shot and then went backwards. I don't think he even fell either. Do you guys see? Did he fall, or did he just not have no, that good of a he's night? Thick now. He he finally admitted that's why the last um, what last two or three races haven't been as good as the first two or three. So okay, he's got an ailment and he's. That's yeah. why he's been good in the heats and, and practice and stuff. Right. And we we also found out that the uh, the Geico guys, uh, it was Colt Nichols or Jimmy D for that spot. Yeah. Big debate with yeah. them. So um, they, they've been enjoying giving Jimmy D the gears about Colt Nichols finishes. So I guess <laughs> Jimmy knows about it, which is kind of weird. But um, <laughs> anyways, that's, that's our sport right now. So uh, they, they had to choose, and they went with Jimmy D because of familiarity. And, of course, he's a New England guy and Factory Connection all based up there or whatever. New, New Hampshire, I think, for Factory Connection, though, right, JT? Um, yeah, uh, Manchester. Yeah, right. Oh, Manchester Honda, remember? Uh, is it? I, maybe it's not. Maybe it's Vermont. I don't know. I think it's New Hampshire. Live free or die, maybe, bro. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Smith's okay after his after his uh, practice crash. Oh, heat race crash, I should say. Ouch, that was that was ugly. Um. All right. Anything else? Two fifty wise. Do we cover it? I think so. Uh, I think so. <clears throat> I think so. Yep. All right. Did you guys? Did you get, did you get a chance to talk to the COO of uh, Gibbs Racing? This weekend? No, I actually didn't talk to the new COO of a Gibbs Racing. Every time I saw him, he was over there um, pounding stakes or putting a tent up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, all the COO types of things. He told me. He would do. I saw him. I was in the truck. I was talking to Johnny Oler, the suspension guy, and um, yeah, he told me to get out of his truck. So, 
That was feel it like. Yeah, was well, very very direct. Very yeah, very yeah. much, very much so. Um, My favorite uh, Phil moment was uh, yeah, I go in the truck and then Phil were giving Phil crap and he's giving crap back and they were making fun of him because I guess he had a chance. You know, he had a pretty good offer, I guess, for Moto Concept. He did, um, yeah. And and they were making fun of him for even thinking about it because, um, like, the, the theory was, and it wasn't just JJR guys. A variety of people were there, and the theory is, I guess, you. I'm like, yeah, but you, Phil, you don't have to. They're involved in controversy, but you could go over there and just keep your nose clean. You don't have to necessarily do that. Right. And then there's the theory of, you know, what you surround yourself with, you kind of become. And then he finally said, you know what? I kind of wish I had been on that team because I know Mathis would never have come around if I was over on that team. <laughs> what an asshole. It's probably got a point. Yeah, but honestly, like, I was talking about this with Michael Antonovich from Transworld. Like, do you go over there, Weege? Like, I don't go over there because Tony Alessi hates me. He wants to set me on fire, um, even though I'm the modern-day TFS. But uh, do you go over there, Weege? Do you go talk to Mike or Vince? Uh, not a lot, but I will say that it's not because um, no, it's no. not because I have any issues. No, I mean, honestly, here's what it comes down. What? Well, you're no, no, no. Right no. I, the you're helping uh, my argument. It's nothing personal, but. Uh, how am I helping your argument? I haven't even given you my answer yet. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I don't go over there because, and this is just the way it is, like their dudes are doing okay, but at the end of the night when I can only get to talk about six riders, I'm probably not going to go for the guys who are getting the finishes or two riders are getting. Now, again, I'm not saying that Freezy and Mike suck because they're in the 10 to 20 range, you know, but like I can tell you the guys I talked to after the race were, you know, Anderson, Tomac, Roxon, Muscan, uh, Brayton, and Christian Craig. <laughs> like, of course I'm going to talk to those guys. They were all top 10 or podium or winning. So it's just, I have no problem with the team personally. It's not weird to go over there, but it's just not a story I'm necessarily chasing. That's all. But I just, I think that, you know, they've chosen to surround themselves with guys that maybe aren't, you know, Mike Geno is trying to get some guys and they don't want, people don't want to go there. Then his team doesn't get pressed. Then he gets mad. His team doesn't get pressed. I don't, I don't see many post-race interviews in Transworld, on Racer X, or anything with Mike or Freeze, who I have no problem with either Mike or, or Vince. Um, I just don't see many post-race interviews, and I think it's all because the, just the, the, the atmosphere in the team and the guys that they have on the team and, and uh, you know, maybe Tony a little bit. And I just, okay, all right. That's what, I mean, I'm, there's more than me, but tell me where you see stuff from these guys. You really don't. So. Yeah, maybe you're right a little bit, but I but I feel like if okay Anderson got fourth, and I was like I got to go to the Rockstar truck. Anderson's good. Anderson's in the championship. Anderson won a race. Anderson rode well. I, I can't imagine if Moto Concepts had a guy doing the exact same thing that I wouldn't have done the exact same thing. Did you see I Porcel's therapy dog over there? No, no. It was in the stands. <laughs> it was in the stands, and I I was trying to get a I was trying I had my spies up there trying to get a photo of it. I guess it was sitting in a seat, and. Um, yeah, got to get a photo of this dog. We have to at some point. Okay. Uh, anything else, JT? Uh, I think covered it. I think so. Congrats to Freddie Norn, by the way. Killed it in fantasy because he was dead, almost dead last early on in the race and came all the way back to get 14th. Yeah, he rode well. Good job by Fast Freddie. Maybe people won't See what really happens when it. you don't quit, kids. <laughs> exactly. Swedish. The Swedes, you know how they're known for their fortitude. So, oh, no, by the I way, mean, hey. he was he was 15 seconds behind the last guy when he took off. Yeah, oh, you know, uh, but I, I see these kids pull off all the time. I'm just like, what are you doing? Why are you pulling off? <laughs> JT did two mains. God damn it! He would he... no. It's just silly. Like, are you know? Right. Um, I don't know if you are you that tired or you just you don't you don't like being in the main event. Well, JT, no, you know, know how these guys go. They don't have 15 in them. They don't have 20 in them. Yeah, I guess you know. Um. Last thing, too, I went around a little bit, and one of my things I was doing was asking who's going to win the 250 East title, and I'm telling you guys, no one could agree on anybody. It's nuts. I asked riders and mechanics and team personnel and media dudes, like, who, who do you think is going to win? And um, this was – some people didn't know about Adam getting injured, so, you know, Adam was maybe a slight favorite. Like, three people picked him out of the 15 I asked. It's crazy. There's no favorite in this class. None at all. Um, at least it seems like that way in the pits. So we'll see. Should be exciting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I talk to people too. And w- one of the things I threw out there, <clears throat> especially with Adam being out, my thing was like, well, the logical favorite would have to be Jeremy Martin, right? And that was not 
I was not getting that response. Like, yeah, obviously. Like, it's apparently wide open. To me, it would be, like, pretty – I mean, he, yes, he's had the not qualifying for Maine's thing. Mm-hmm. But when he's been good, he's been really good at times. Um, so I thought that was a slam dunk once Adam was out. But, no, you're right. Like, it's yeah. definitely – no one has slammed up. No no one has a no. answer on this. No. It's, well, uh, have, we, have we ever had a two-time defending outdoor national champion go into a regional series and not be the clear favorite? It's just weird to me. And I know he didn't yeah. make mains, but there were some other races last year where he was really good. He's not horrible. Mm-hmm. But we know Pingree's picking yeah. him. <laughs> I always believed in him. All right. Um, the Racer X podcast with Jason Wygant and uh, Jason Thomas. This is brought to you by, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Glendale slash Phoenix uh, Supercross wrap-up. We will reconvene one week from today and we will discuss san diego too thanks gentlemen thanks for listening to the steve mathis show presented by fox racing don't forget to check out some of our past shows including motocross legends such as the bad boy rick johnson i looked down and my hand was junk i mean it was sitting over to the side the tendons were jerking in weird places and my biggest disappointment with danny sorbic is that he never said sorry because danny and i were friends and we've never talked since brian lunas before the 500 event dave and i fly to germany go down to stuttgart there's this little shop out the back of the mall factory we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like being a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did pro circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath i was so mad like so disappointed and so frustrated that i pulled pick and i left every point counts I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,